And welcome back to another episode of Post Game Overtime. I'm Will, joined as always with me is Brandon Corbiel. Brandon, how are we doing? We're doing very good today. We got a big uh, big weekend of uh, football coming up and uh, lots to discuss, lots of parlays to make, I bet. Um, we should just, you want to just dive right into it? Head first? Yeah, real quickly, speaking of parlays, and maybe we'll throw ourselves on the clown report later on in the episode, we'll dive further into it. Our parlays got pretty uh, pretty pooched last week. Uh, also, the rugby parlays as well. We never ended up posting those. Um, I was going to post it after Friday. Um, I made it Thursday night. I was going to post it on Friday. I forgot that there was a Friday morning game. And by the end of the Friday morning game, the parlay was busted. Oh, so very similar to it, to our NFL. Yeah, one. pretty much. And, and it was supposed to be the lock, too. The correspondent was like, oh, yeah, no, fucking... Hawking New Zealand's gonna win and they lost to France. And uh yeah. Yeah, I, I would have thought France was gonna surrender. So <laughs> um yeah, no, we're starting hot. Uh Casey, speaking of shitting the bed, Casey, what the fuck happened there? Uh although I guess yeah. Goff cooks like none other, cooks more than Russ. Uh comparison I saw not that saying much though. Not true. A comparison I saw that I guess pissed me off a bit because, well, no, it's it's fair. It's 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 a title he's earned. Um, Paul Mahomes, the baby goat. Yeah. Uh, he's zero two against Goff. Is he? And I saw a tweet that says the baby goat has found his Eli. <laughs> I mean, if he's zero two against him, it's. Yeah, it's not a good start so far. For it's him. not. It's not a good start. Although he'll never be able to get over the fact that Brady made him his bitch in the Super Bowl. So you know, and that that's actually something I started to think about. Like, a, I mean, it was a couple of months ago, but it's just looking back, it's like, damn, we should be so grateful at the fact that we actually got to witness a Patrick Mahomes Tom Brady Super Bowl. Dude, I'm grateful Between that I grew two, up like. I grew and up in just Brady the fact era. That Brady won. Well, yeah. I grew, like I lived in New England during the Brady era. Do you know how cool that is? That would be that would like, be I'm sick. putting that on my resume. I lived in New England during the reign of Tom Brady. The greatest of all time. Tommy Turner. There were some tough years. Well, naturally. I was I was around in 07 when we lost the perfect season. I was around in 08 when he pulled in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, how did that season um, end, by the way? Oh seven? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. That's how it ended. <laughs> you know, um, I deserve that. Guess what happened in 08? I'll let you you I'll let you relive the glory days. He pulled in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. First game of the season, yeah. his legs just quit on him. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll start with the Monday night game. Um, we're not we're not gonna dog on Rodgers because that's horrible. We are gonna yeah. dog on the Jets though because that's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like it's horrible yeah. for Aaron. It's hilarious for the Jets fans everywhere. Like absolutely brutal for Aaron Rodgers. We wouldn't wish that on our worst enemy. No QB deserves to go out like that. No player deserves to go out like that. No buddy deserves to go out like that. Well, maybe Hitler. But. What if, we, what if we found out that Hitler had a torn Achilles? Now that would just—that's karma. You know what I mean? That's karma. Yeah. That's what that one, is. One thing I will say, um, 
like, yeah, obviously, you know, what happened with Aaron Rodgers, like it, it sucks. I think a lot of us were kind of looking forward to seeing what he could do with. Yeah. The Jets me too, man. One thing that I thought was really interesting. So there's a bar in, uh, wherever, um, I saw, I saw Green that. Bay where they're like, they're like, they were celebrating the Aaron Rodgers injury pretty much because they're whatever bar it is has a rule where anytime the jets lose now it's free drinks for everyone yeah so they were all cheering like yeah rogers is hurt jets are gonna lose uh free drinks so not only did the the jets come back and win that game but also the like packers fans are celebrating not getting another first round pick now because what a lot of people forget is part of the aaron Rodgers deal was the Jets sent Green Bay a conditional 2024 second round pick that would become a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this season. Oh my God. And now he's, he's done for the season so that, that it's going to stay a second round pick. It's not going to go up to a first round pick. That's so, brutal. Just what a, what a rough night for Packers fans. Like they don't even get the free drinks. They don't get a first round pick now. Like, but like it, it's that's got to be tough for Jets fans too. All that excitement and hype around Rodgers and four plays, and then just boom, Achilles pops. And 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 see, we talked about we don't know what the future holds for for Aaron Rodgers now. I don't want to put any bad bad energy out there, but I do think he's done for the career. I'm I'm in between. I I could very well see you know. I mean, he is going to be forty at the end of this season, going into next season. So that that definitely, you know, is is the biggest factor of them all. But I could also really see him wanting to just come back from this injury and play one more year and just prove people wrong and um, kind of go out on his terms and not have it just be an injury that, you know, just abruptly ends his career. But I wouldn't be yeah. shocked, you know, when, when you're at that age to all the rehab and everything to get back into, you know, form to play in the NFL is it's a long journey. And for a guy who's, you know, going to be in his 40s, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's just like, you know what, for my future health and and whatnot, it's time to just uh, walk away. So that's, it's a messy situation all around, though. And I don't think it was a minor, like it was a, I don't know if it was a full tear, but it was a tear. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a strain Achilles. Like he, he no, had to go into surgery for it. How bad was that video, eh? I sent yeah. you that video of the Achilles just going. Yeah. Like even just seeing that video, you can tell that like it, it, it is bad. And yeah, I mean, they never like multiple people from the Jets, you know, didn't just come out straight away and say it, but they, they were like, you know, it's his Achilles. It's not good. Like they all kind of knew that, that he was done already. So that's very telling just as to, to how bad it really was that in the initial moments, it was already very clear that uh, that that he's done and he's he's not coming back anytime soon. He he deserved better. He deserved better. Mm-hmm. Do you think Zach Wilson got any high fives after that win? Do you think he came back to the locker room and was like, "Yeah, guys, we did," and they're like, "Shut the fuck up, second string." Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, though, like, and and that's a tough spot for the Jets now that they're in. You know, they were. To some people even had them pegged to win, you know, win their division. And now I don't know, like, 
I just I think after what happened last year and then them going out and getting Rodgers, I don't see how you can just now turn to Zach Wilson and be like, everything's okay. He's our guy. We're going to go with him. Like, I think you. I think they got to figure out something because I don't think Zach Wilson's going to be the guy moving forward. They went they the Jets franchise went from being pegged to win it all to just getting pegged. Yeah. And by that I, I mean, I mean fucked in the ass. To be fair, they did they did still beat the, the Bills. Yeah, but like Josh they, they found Allen, a way. Josh Allen shit the bed. Yeah. What was it? Three interceptions in the fumble? Yeah. Well, That's two brutal. fumbles. Uh, he only lost one of them, though. But he did fumble it twice. Oh, my so, God. Oh like, four turnovers God. there. Potentially could have been a fifth. That's uh, just brutal. And it wasn't It wasn't even like a... Not to give him any, any leeway, but it wasn't even like a Mahomes interception where it went off the hands of a receiver. Like, it was... Those were three clear yeah. as day interceptions. Yeah. And yeah, even, even a, touchdown pass Wilson threw wasn't good. Yeah. It was a great catch. It was an awful pass. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, and, and that's also the big thing is, is, yeah, even his one passing touchdown, like, it was a, it was a bad throw. Like, Garrett Wilson had real. to make a, a a highlight real play to, to pull that one year. in. No, and yeah. then even when we were, we were going back and forth uh, talking about it, kind of near the final end of regulation time, like the Jets did not want Zach Wilson to throw the ball. No. Like it was just run, run, run. Like he was not allowed to throw the ball. No, they, I just, and, and maybe we'll see a change in going into week two with all more confidence, but they just didn't have any confidence in him. They it was had, tough to they watch. Absolutely, I got to imagine they were thrilled with that punt return in overtime. Cause I mean, not only do they win the game, but they didn't have to send Zach Wilson out there and have all the pressure on them. They yeah, honestly, they could just walk away and be like, we got the win. So yeah, I think that was also win, pretty big home. for them. That's what I mean. That's why I don't think you got any high fives in the locker room after they're like, good job. You know, walked in. Good job team. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Church boy. Milf like Brees Hall almost had more rushing yards than than zach wilson had passing yards so that uh that says a lot right there about how their offensive scheme uh kind of went for the game i was gonna say that's not what you would call a good stat um no i will we'll start off we'll we'll hop in the time machine we'll go back to thursday so the lions beat the chiefs um mahomes is hurting without kelsey mahomes had a good game it's like he was bad his receiving core was poo-poo. Awesome. Um, that being said, uh, Jared Goff is him. Jared Goff is him. Um, the Lions yeah. are winning the Super Bowl this year. And they're definitely showing they're, they're going to be a force um, throughout this season. Dan Campbell is the guy. Have you heard his Starbucks order? No. No. Um, so it's it's he gets two vente large, yeah, two large okay. of the like Pike Place roast. So it's like they're extra caffeinated, yeah, with two shots of espresso in each. Holy shit! Someone did the math. It's like a thousand. It's like a gram of caffeine to start the day. Holy shit! 
Dan Campbell is just kicking down doors and yelling. That explains why he's always got such high energy then. Yeah, no, Buddy is on a cocaine level amount of caffeine. That's great. That's a, that's like too much. Yeah. But I mean, also, hey, maybe maybe that's just recipe to success with the yeah. Lions. Andy Reid over here sucking down a cheeseburger. Dan Campbell sucking down high level stimulants. Yeah. Yeah, every every uh every coach kind of has their vice that they go to. Yeah, what did Belichick do, do you think? Um What does Cliff Kingsbury do other than fuck his model girlfriend in Thailand? Dude, he just dances. Have we heard back from Kingsbury? I, I, I honestly haven't. What a G. I really haven't. Um Let's actually look up and see what the Kingsbury method is up to. While you're doing that, I'll just transition here. So so Dan Campbell starts the day with two with just a gross amount of caffeine. If that doesn't make you need to shit, I don't know what does. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Speaking Kingsbury. Sh- Joe Burton played later that day. Okay, sorry, where? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is an assistant coach with USC right now. Damn, so, what a demotion. Yeah, well, we kind of knew it was, it was coming. I, th- I think especially the biggest issue was he got fired and then just, you know, pulled an Aaron Rodgers and just went ghost for for a long amount of time so that he kind of eliminated himself from any conversations of him uh, joining any other team in the NFL. So he kind of, he kind of did it to himself, but I also think it's kind of best for him because at least he's, he's not a head coach at the NFL level. We can all kind of agree on that. Maybe he could have been a good quarterback coach somewhere or something, but I don't know. He's off doing his own thing now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, what what I was saying is Dan Campbell, two cups of coffee, two big coffees. That's going to make you need to shit. Speaking of shit, Joe Burrow's performance against the Browns. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah. That was a that was a bad game all around. And, and I know I know a lot of people um use the argument of like, well, he didn't really he didn't get to play in preseason and all this. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, sure, he didn't get to play in, in preseason and whatnot, but... Was he hurt? Yeah, that, he... What was it, his knee or something? He he hurt in, uh, during training camp, so then he missed all of preseason. Oh, why did I put him on my fantasy team? But but even though, still, it's like... A performance like that is like... For a awful. guy that is... I th- more people than not, I think, kind of peg him as the the number two quarterback in the league behind Mahomes. That's a bad performance, I think, even regardless of, uh, you know, missing some some preseason games. Like, he, he still has that connection with all his receivers, and it just wasn't there. Like, Jamar Chase, only five receptions for 39 yards. Um, T. Higgins didn't even have a single reception all game. Like... And there wasn't even the game itself. There wasn't even a score until the second quarter. Um, Bengals couldn't get on the scoreboard until the third. So yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one. That was a the, tough one. I think the only bright spot for the Bengals is the fact that as bad as Joe Burrow played, he still didn't have a single interception, and the team as a whole had no fumbles. So they were turnover free. 
It was just bad. But like they they could not cook. They looked like Russell Wilson. Who actually yeah. I mean you can make the argument Russell Wilson kind of kind of cooked a little bit, somewhat. Um Good. speaking of cooking, although they lost, CJ Stroud, not a bad rookie performance. Yeah, no, he he actually had a pretty um a, a pretty solid uh, first showing in the league. I will give him yeah. that. Texans, Ravens, Ravens did walk away with the easy victory, twenty-five to nine. But which CJ we kind of Tr- knew what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CJ Stroud, two hundred twenty-four or two hundred forty-two yards. Uh, he did go twenty-eight for forty-four. So a lot of attempts, not a lot of completions. Well, percentage wasn't great, but but um, not awful, no doubt, and. No interceptions, which I think is always a big thing for rookies. Yeah. He did get sacked five times, but that's not really the fault of his own. Yeah, and then you look at Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Sorry. I know I know that team is a bit of a different makeup, but he he only went seventeen for twenty two, one hundred sixty nine nice yards and uh one interception. So so as far as yards, yeah. um and in efficiency, kind of moving down the field, you, you almost got to give the nod to Stroud here. Uh, neither of them were able to throw for a tutty, but yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly think that was a good showing from uh, Stroud for his for his first game of the season. So it's, it's very interesting good. to see how we can grow. Hopefully, the Texans don't waste them. Well, and it's um, you can kind of link the the two here now because in week two. The Texans are going up against the Colts, who is one of the the three teams in the league. Also, the Panthers, who got a young quarterback in the draft last year, um, Anthony Richardson, uh, came yeah. in week one, got the starting job for for the Colts, going up against a tough Jaguars team. And Anthony Richardson, he looked good. Like you can see the bright spots in him as well. So I think the Colts, uh, you know, barring anything crazy, I think they might kind of have their their next like locked in guy for the future um, since their, the Andrew Luck era that they had, because they've never really been able to have, have, have stability in that position since then. And I think they might've finally found their guy in, in Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I I really think he looks to be the guy, Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on them later. We'll kind of go through quickly here. The Buccaneers and the Vikings, Big Baker able to come out with a win, starting yeah. out his new his new turned around career in life. Big Kirko, on the other hand, could not cut through with it. Although th- this is what's crazy, like I think this might be the new stat, and we'll we'll jump ahead here to week two quickly. But week one, Big Kirko, they don't call him Big Kirko for nothing. Um, yeah. Big Kirk goes for thirty three, goes thirty three for forty four. 344 yards and two tutties. Yes, he got one interception, which isn't good, but not a bad showing, but they still lose the game. Yeah. The next week... Um, the game last night. Against the Eagles, yeah, game last night at the time of recording. This goes 31 for 44, 364 yards and four tutties. And no interceptions. No picks. So, he, did, he did have a fumble um, that was a turnover, but... Yeah, but I don't know, man. No, I, no I, gotta, I gotta say, this is this is not bad. 
this is what I like to see. This is what I like to see from big old Kirk Cousins here. Primetime Kirk. Unable he's, to get a win in both weeks, so they're 0-2 to start the season. But he's, you know, he's already thrown for 700-something yards. Yeah, like he, he looks good. And, and it's very, you know, almost similar to last year. Uh, I think it's just kind of the um, roles are reversed. You know, last year, the Vikings, they made the playoffs. They had a good record, but they had a negative point differential. Whereas to start this year, you know, they're 0-2. But both the games they lost, you know, were, were one-score games. Like, they were they were right in there. And, you know, um, if if Jefferson doesn't, you know, have that fumble and, uh, you know, it results in a touchback and they lose the ball – the Vikings very well could have come out with the win there. They they could realistically be two and zero just as easily. So, yeah, no, it's that... just kind of unfortunate for them. But like, you can't put any of the blame on Kirk Cousins because he's he's gone out and balled out both weeks. So, yeah, no, he's he's put on good performances, no doubt. Um, a game I'll be honest, a game I didn't see much of. Uh, Falcons Panthers, although I did hear, and maybe we'll put it on the clown report. So Bryce Young. Gives yeah. the toss to Hayden Hurst. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. For his first ever NFL touchdown. Do you know what Hurst does? He launches it into the crowd. Ducks that bitch yard. Yeah, they did get the ball back, though. Oh, they, they of course they did. They would have had to. Yeah, he did say they got... He said, I'll be honest with you, I was so excited, I kind of just blacked out. Before I knew it, the ball was gone. I was like, you know what? I mean, fair enough. At least I got the ball back. Well, and I think that that's the risk you run when you let white guys in the NFL score. They don't know how to react to it. They're just, they get so excited and they do silly things. Do you think Bryce Young got to keep the balls for his first two interceptions? I would hope. Would How much? What would like? What would happen if he like threw an interception? Whoever got it runs over to him is like, "Here's the ball" or something. Like that would be awesome. That would be so funny. But no, I bet he got to keep them. Depends. Imagine if that was a pick six, though. That would have changed it up Ooh. even more. Imagine if his Ooh. first in before the touchdown he throws a pick six. Does he get to keep that? Because in a way, that's his first touchdown in the NFL. Yeah, not Actually, for his team. Yeah. I wonder if that's ever happened. That's a good. Oh, that would actually be interesting to see because yeah, that would that would technically be their their first passing touchdown just for for the opposite team. Um, is it is it meat riding is it time? The next game is it what meat riding time? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for meat riding time. Who's who? Who is the next game on the? It, it, on the... it goes back to. I, I'm kind of jumping ahead a bit. Okay, in the schedule. Cardinals Commanders. No, that was honestly that yeah, game was actually that one. You talk about that one. That was actually a very interesting game. That wasn't uh, the the game I was I was gonna go to, but with the yeah, I mean, like the Cardinals kept it close. No one expected them um, to win. It actually kind of looked like at one point they might actually find a way to. Um, sneak out a win. I mean, they they had a beautiful interception from from Zayvon Collins. They were able to to get to Sam Howell, uh, force a fumble, recover that for a touchdown. 
Uh, they, they got another fumble and recovered it. Like the defense was cooking. The problem was, is, is their offense um, ran right now by Joshua Dobbs, like could not get anything going. It, it looked, it, it looked bad, but I, I would say there's a bright spot at the fact of kind of some of the plays that they were running and kind of the offensive um, system they were going with is very, very different from what we've seen for years with Cliff Kingsbury. And so it, it leaves an area for Cardinals fans to at least be excited when uh, Kyler Murray comes back and is healthy, because you can tell that the system they're running with Joshua Dobbs right now is their system that they're going to roll with when Kyler Murray comes back, where I don't think Joshua Dobbs is is the type of quarterback that that is meant to play in a system like this. But the team is basically, they already kind of know, like, I think, you know, we're not going to be good. Like, we might as well just, this is our system we're running with for the future. Let's let's go out there. Let's just hammer down on this. Let's get all this stuff fine-tuned. So when Murray does come back, like, the offense, the system is is fully ready to go. And hopefully um, they can make some magic happen there. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, they they shit the bed in the fourth quarter. They they really let the commanders kind of just um, shove the ball down their throat for for a good portion of it. But I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say about the Cardinals' defense. Like they they balled out all game long. Um, like they like I said, they had those three turnovers, one resulting in a touchdown for the Cardinals. They sacked Sam Howell six times. Like the the defense looked good, so I there I think there's still bright spots to take away from from that. So is Dobbs your new starter or what? Unfortunately, yeah. I I honestly thought after that showing week one, I thought they might go to Clayton Tune, um, uh, one of the rookies who's currently serving as the backup. I thought they might go to him for week two, um, especially in a game you know going up against the Giants who. You know, we'll we'll get we'll get to their week one performance um, and how that went for them. But it, they're going with Joshua Dobbs again next week. So I'm just again, like I said, I really think they're just they're kind of just saying we're just riding out this rough patch until Murray returns. And then we're no, I mean, do you think go Dobbs is going to still be the starter when Murray comes back? Is he going to oh, get Tom Brady, Drew Bloodside? I wouldn't be surprised if. When Kyler Murray comes back, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Joshua Dobbs actually just gets cut, or what? or is even put down to the third string. Like I wouldn't be shocked. I think as soon as um, who would your Toon second gets, string be though? Uh, Clayton Tune, and I, I I'm very confident once he gets the opportunity to come in even for a bit, I think Joshua Dobbs is done. I don't know when do you... it's going to happen, but I think when that does happen, I think that's when um, that shifting is going to come in for the Cardinals at the quarterback position. So do you think Clayton Toon should uh, start instead of uh, little baby no. Fortnite Kyler? No. Because you can very clearly tell just by the system the Cardinals are running that this system is built for Kyler Murray. So, I, I, and it's all just going to be, you know, going through these growing pains of it until he comes back. And then once Murray comes back, hopefully, you know, the rest of the offense will will kind of have all their their stuff down packed and then they'll be able to just kind of run with it from there. Uh, how well will it work when Murray comes back? I I I don't know. That's 
that's going to remain a mystery until it happens. But I do think that there is going to be um, some bright spots for the Cardinals when Murray does return. But like, I think it's, I do still believe that it is going to be a long season for the Cardinals. Uh, I think it was, it was always going to be a long season for the Cardinals. Um, moving on. Yeah. Cause they I, I do agree. I do, so uh, yeah. They're such a bad team. They have their bright spots, though. I no, will say they that. Suck. They're so bad. No. They're so bad. All right, let's talk about bad. Let's talk about Jaguars Colts. No, we got it. We got to talk about what happened with the Giants. No, that's the Monday night game. Well, okay, we'll we'll be quick here. Okay, okay we'll James Colts. No. Yeah, we'll say best for last. Time. Touchdown, no. Jesus, Trevor Lawrence. He uh, he did good. Two two tutties, one interception. Uh, Richardson showing a good Anthony Richardson showing like he had a good uh, good start to the career there. Did throw that one yeah. interception, but overall had a decent game. We'll go th- we'll go quick. Uh, we'll be slow on this one though. Well, also just a, a shout out the the Jaguars. Calvin Ridley, um, first kind of game back from his his year long suspension. Eight receptions, one hundred and one yards, one tutty. Uh, like he, he looked good with Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence finally now with the Jaguars has his like elite number one receiver there. So I think that even just makes what was already a good Jaguars team even that much better. Now having that elite number one receiver that, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence has the confidence in and has no problem slinging it to uh, when he needs to. Yeah, no, that I think that will make a pretty big difference. Um Speaking of making a difference, big cock Brock, big Brock Purdy, yeah, uh, balling out, McCaffrey balling out. Okay, so what's um, going on with McCaffrey here? I'm gonna send what? you, I'm gonna send you a video here. This was from the uh, Eagles Vikings he, game last did night. Did he do a racism? Did he do a racism? No. Oh, Just look at look God. at this video. Oh, you cannot oh, tell me that. So this... worried. Well, there we we can dive into that because there's a lot going on with that um, later if we want. Uh, but no, like I just sent you the video now. You cannot tell me that that Vikings coach does not look like Christian McCaffrey. Less steroids. Like it look like they look identical. Those no, two. Not as many steroids. Not as many steroids. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but like he looks just like Christian McCaffrey. But I mean, yeah, Christian McCaffrey balled out for the 49ers. And then that's something we even talked about, though. You know, him coming in now and having a full offseason with the team, a full training camp. Like we expected him to to come in that much better than the McCaffrey we got the 49ers last year. But. I was not expecting that good of a, a Christian McCaffrey week one. My fantasy team was. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Do you think it's good for the 49ers, though, to have him getting that, that many of the touches? Or do you think they kind of need to distribute it out a bit more so they don't put too much of a workload on McCaffrey, who, where we have seen you know some injuries in the past with him? Or do you think they just keep going, like, just balling out with him? Um, I, I don't know. 
I think you, I, I think you, you got to be wary at least a little bit with it, right? Like it's kind of got to be in the back of their minds a little bit, you know, when they're yeah. giving them the ball 22 times and then even still three receptions. So like 25 touches for McCaffrey in, in that game. Yeah, he's that fucking good. But he Ayuk produced. popped off. Ayuk killed okay. Off. You probably should have traded him to me in fantasy though, but fair enough. Um Saints Saints Titans, uh Derrick Henry didn't have that week one performance you were talking about. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill really didn't do great. Uh Derek Carr kinda kinda showed what he's all about. One Todd, one interception, but threw for three hundred five yards, yeah. over tw- thirty-three attempts, twenty-three completions. Um started off his time in New Orleans, not too bad. I also uh, think it's gonna Broncos. help Derek Carr once Alvin Kamara comes back as well, because he's kind of the biggest part of that Saints offense. So I think once he comes back, it's just it's gonna make life easier for Derek Carr. No, that's fair, for sure. Um, coming back, uh, Wilson and Garoppolo. Wilson did not cook. Russ was not cooking. Uh, he did get two tutties, but he uh, only threw for 177 yards, where Garoppolo threw for 200. So suck it, Russ. Um, not only that, Jacoby Myers, you know, he got nine receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Like, shut up. He... He kind of cooked there with Garoppolo, so maybe that's kind of the new, maybe the new duo uh, blooming there with the Raiders. We'll 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 see. We'll see. It could happen. Uh, of course, Jacoby Myers already got his um, his first hand in helping the the Raiders secure a touchdown last season. Um, so he kind of got an early head start before this season. So he's already uh, kind of in that that you know go up. go Raiders go mindset. But shut up. Juju Smith-Schuster's knee didn't explode at any moment, so suck yeah, my yeah. dick. It didn't explode. It didn't explode at any moment, so suck it. Uh, Mac and Cheese gone off to a rough start, but I thought his second half was quite impressive. Um, yeah. 316 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, they gave him gave him a lot of pass attempts, uh, f- attempted 54. 54 times. So Who had the most rushing yards for the, the Patriots? Was it Stevenson? No. 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 Come on, you know this. Big Zeke. It was Big Zeke. 29 yards. On seven carries. <laughs> Shit. Dude, Zeke was cooking. He was averaging four yards a carry. What a cook. <laughs> Shit. Buddy, buddy's, buddy's behind the stove just eating. <laughs> Sit at the dinner table just, rah, 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 just eating. Oh, he good did have life. a fumble that that was a turnover. So that's not that's not good. <laughs> that's that. not good for old Zeke. <laughs> Big Zeke, not old Zeke. He's still young at heart. Uh, Seahawks didn't have a great start to their season against the Rams. Rams no. uh, Looking like the Rams of old Stafford having a great performance. Rams uh, without huge Cooper Cup as well. Yeah, huge shoot between. Mm-hmm. They had two huge receivers shoot. at 119 yards. Yeah, who were they? Uh, I've literally never heard of either of them. Two two Atwell and Puk Puka Nat Nakua. I think. I don't know. He's injured now, but. Um, so I mean, two, 
two young receivers, like they're ages 22 and 23. So both young guys in the league and Matt Stafford cooked with them. So that's, that's a bright spot. At least that even without uh, no Cooper cup, they, they could, they still made it work with um, the guys that they, they have in that room. So that is a bright spot for the Rams. Oh, uh, big time. Definite, definite bright spot. Um, Dolphins Chargers. What a shootout that was. Um, what a game. What a game. Eckler in charge. Yeah, I was going to say Eckler kind of led the charge for the Chargers, uh, pun intended. Um, but it's Tyreek, kind of a regular there. Yeah, Tyreek and Tua. Like so uh, Tyreek, or uh, I'll start with Tua, went 28 for 45, threw for 466 yards with three tuds and one interception. And 215 of those yards was just to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Two of those touchdowns were Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So that's going to be, uh, I think he's he's on pace to have a record-breaking season if they're able to keep this up. Well, Jordan Love with the today, Packers. Before the season, he said he's going to go for over 2,000 yards this year. And I mean, he's, he's on pace for over 3,000 right now. So he's got lots of room to work with to still get to that. Uh, that 2000 yard mark. Do you think he's going to average 200 a game? No, but he's as of right now, though, he is on pace to, to get over 3000 receiving yards. That's Christ. But I don't, I don't see that, that continuing all season long. Like there are going to be games where he, I think he just gets locked down and, you know, maybe I still think with Tyree kill the low end is like, 60 to 70 yards probably like i think him and two are just such a good duo together like it's even going back to last year it just works with those two so i i really do see um them having a assuming both stay healthy because especially with Tua more so injuries are are a very high concern but if all all goes right i like i could see the two of them just making magic happen all all season long no it's gonna be a good one interesting to see for sure I'll just brush over this one. Jordan Love uh, led his team to victory with three touchdowns, 245 yards, looking pretty good. Bears were not looking too good. And that gets us to the Giants and the Cowboys. Do you want to take this one? I mean, realistically, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I feel like I'm almost kind of going back to last year, early on in the year, when like I... Like the it's the Cowboys defense, man. Like that's what it is. Um, like you you imagine in a game where the Cowboys win forty to nothing, but Dak Prescott only had you know he only went thirteen for twenty four, hundred and forty three passing yards, no touchdowns, like a quarterback rating of seventy two. Like Dak did not cook when he was out there. He really is. I mean, it was raining like a lot like it was a gross amount of rain so like i do get that you know that that does make it a bit harder to to throw the ball um it's got nothing to do with the receivers like a lot of the passes were just bad but it was it was the cowboys defense that that just cooked it was it was insane like they what they had the two touchdowns uh one was uh the special teams one but like two interceptions they got on daniel jones they sacked him seven times. Um, there was a span where it was in the span of four plays between two drives. 
Um, and, and this was already when the Cowboys had such a lead. It was in the fourth quarter. It was like all their backups out there. And Daniel Jones was still in the game. But it was the span of three, um, three out of four plays. One did come back because of a flag. But they got three sacks. And it was like Daniel Jones would be looking one way. All of a sudden, he kind of turns a bit and just boom, just gets rocked. So like he threw two interceptions, got sacked seven times. He fumbled it twice. Neither of those um, were were turnovers, but like the Cowboys still like they forced a couple other fumbles. They recovered one of them. It was just it was basically the Cowboys defense um, all night long, just putting on an incredible showing. Like it was, um, well, it was just really team. impressive. Yeah, to, I will say for the Cowboys at least, another in offensive bright side is Prescott didn't throw an interception. Yeah. So we're off we're off to a good start there. Do we want to hop into week two here? Week two of the NFL, baby. Whoa, we're so back. Yeah, back back now. Yeah, week yeah, week two here. Um yeah, we got there's there's quite a few good matchups uh coming up here that we can that we can dive into. Yeah, uh, the first one I want to get into personally is the Lions Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are going to be wanting to make a redemption after that week one loss because that was not a good showing. But I think this is an opportunity for the Lions to pull ahead here. Yeah. I think they're they're going up against what looks to not be the strongest Seahawks team. And yeah. very well, they're coming off a big statement win. I think this could be their time to really start building that momentum. Yeah, uh, I'm going to look to see hopefully a big game from golf. I think defensively, I think that's going to, you know, if you're able to hold Mahomes to 20 points, you know, I know he had, he had some struggles with his receivers, but if you're able to hold Mahomes to 20 points, you know, you should be able to hold Gino to, to 15, 10, three, yeah. seven. I'll just start naming numbers. I don't give a shit. Um, well, and, and even looking at it, if, if you're the lions, like, you know, week one, you beat the chiefs. That's huge. Week two, you got the Seahawks, then the Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Bucks. So, like, realistically, the Lions could go on a run to start the year six and zero. And once you start off six and zero, like it, it's you got to like really nose dive down to miss the playoffs. Like they could put themselves in such a strong position for the uh, later half of the season that you know the, the Lions could go on on a pretty good tear here. And I think it really kind of now has to go. Um, through this week because this week you know they they got to really prove now like we knocked off the chiefs um we're here like we're we're forced to be reckoned with or do they come out and um you know perform badly and and let the the seahawks uh steal this one and then you know then it's not like okay now what now what do we think about the lines you know they beat the chiefs but then they they fall to the Seahawks, so it, it kind of starts with this this week for them on um, what trajectory I think they're kind of going to go on for the next few weeks after this one. Oh, for sure. Um, an- another game I'm excited to see is the Texans and Colts. You're going to have a battle of the uh, rookie QBs. I do think Colts should be able to walk away with this one pretty easily, but yeah. I think uh, Texans are the favorite, though. Are they? They are actually. Oh, it's only <laughs> the spread is only uh one, Oof. so like it's it's very close. But they do have the edge. Um, going to the Texans is going into this one, which I think is quite interesting because I can't remember the last time 
that I remember seeing the Texans come into a game as uh, as a favorite. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. Um, another another one that will be interesting to see just momentum wise is Buccaneers. Well, two back to back here. So Buccaneers, Buccaneers, Bears. Oh wow! You know this is what I love about Week Two. This is what I love about the NFL. I'm gonna list off some games. These are all momentum games right here. So yeah. Buccaneers, Bears. If the Bucks can win it, similar situation to the Lions. You know, you beat off the Vikings week one. Um, beat them off good. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> You beat the you beat the Vikings week one. I know they weren't the best team, but and neither are the Bears. But this is an opportunity to get out to a two and zero start, an even bigger momentum game. Now you're going to be dealing with a pissed off Kansas City one coming off a loss. But you know the Jaguars had a great showing in week one. This is the yeah. Jags' opportunity to show what they're about if they can pull off a win against the Chiefs in week two. Here, you know, kind of same with the Lions. It's going to set them up for success, and and it's really going to stir some shit in that division for the uh, Chiefs here. And then again yeah. with the Packers-Falcons, uh, I think it's a little less for the Falcons, but I think this is Jordan Love's game to show, you know, it wasn't just a bad Bears team. He is he is the new guy. Uh, he's him. He's the new guy to, to be leading that Green Bay team. So... Three big momentum games. That's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, um, I think you could even make the argument for four. Um, like even the the Bengals and the Ravens. You know yeah. that's uh, that's a big one for the Bengals. Like again, you don't want to start the year off zero and two because statistics show. You know, e- even though like because it's like okay, they're only zero and two, so still lots of time. That's still like you got to go weeks three and four then just to get back up to 500. But then you've still only got so many games left. Like the, the Bengals really got to come out and they got to find a way to win this one. Uh, Cause if they don't like it, it could be a, it could be a rough season for the Bengals. So it's, they got to find a way to knock off the Ravens who, as, as we saw last week, they're no, they're, they're a good team. Um, you know, it, it's hard to, to knock off a Ravens team when you've got Lamar Jackson cooking and he's got new weapons in, you know, in Odell and guys like Zay Flowers and whatnot. So it's, it's going to be a tough game for, for the Bengals, but I think they kind of got to come in with the mindset of we need to win. Otherwise we're in trouble. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree on that one. And I'll even add another momentum game on there. 49ers Rams, uh, interdivision, uh, I believe, and two two teams looking to prove themselves in that division, right? If the if San Fran wins that game, you know Purdy's the real deal. They're they're now kind of topping that division. If the Rams win that game, same situation. Stafford's back; those nagging injuries are gone. Um, so I think that 49ers Rams game is going to be one to watch, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Giants Cardinals, two shit teams battling it out. Who gives a fuck? That uh, game really could go either way, I think. Yeah, because the Cardinals suck and you suck for cheering for them. It's also, um, I also do want to say this is actually week two. This is the only like early game that the Chiefs have all season long. Like, this really? is the only time they'll, they'll have one of like the, the early day games. Other than that, it's always uh, one of the primetime games, whether it's the the Thursday, Sunday, or Monday game, or it's just one of the afternoon games on Sunday. So Chiefs are getting uh, getting a lot of love right now, and I guess that uh, I'm don't right, they? rightfully so. Yeah, 
Um, exactly. But I mean, look at last year, the fucking Broncos got a shit ton of those and they, they sucked to the point where they actually got taken off one of the prime times games in favor of, uh, of the chiefs. So maybe we see a reverse of that this year. Maybe Russ gets back in the prime time. I'm just kidding. Well, he's no better time to start than taking on the commanders here in week two. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a game he should be able to win. Uh, Dolphins Patriots. That's one I'm worried about, but I am hopeful for. I think the Patriots have the ability to squeak out a upset win. Would it be an upset? Yes. Are the Patriots the underdog? Yeah. Yes. I'm not saying that ironically. I um, do think that the Patriots defense actually has a decent chance to kind of contain. Like I said before. I still think even a, a a bad game for two on Tyreek still results in Tyreek probably with again sixty to seventy yards, maybe a touchdown or something. But like I could see the Patriots defense causing some chaos for that that Miami uh, offense. One can only pray. Yeah, and Mac Jones could cook. You never know, right? Well, he kind of cooked. He cooked. He was cooking last week. I think he was doing good. I have faith in mac and cheese here. He, he threw for over 300, got some tutties. Um, I think if you you know you eliminate that pick early on in the game, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And not only that, it, it, it was against the Eagles too. You know, the team that just went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, you know, I so I, I really do think that, the you know, that was a strong showing for the Patriots against that Eagles team. And I think there's a lot of um, momentum that they can build off of in, you know, just from taking away what they got from that week one game and applying it to week two here against the Dolphins. I, I realistically could see the Patriots, um, you know, sneaking out a close, a close win in this one. It's going to be a dog fight for them to, to do that, but I, I, re- I really could see that happen. Me too. Um. So, are there any other games you want to get into, or should we hop into this PGO parlay, baby? We have two. We have two Monday night games. Um, we got the Saints and Panthers at five fifteen, and then an hour later at six fifteen, we've got the actual like quote unquote Monday night game, um, which is between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, two two games to kind of keep it on on Monday as well. But yes, so, let's uh, let's dive headfirst into these juicy um, PGO parlays here. I was going to say fantasy team, or do I tra- game, or do I, I put in put in Dick swinging? Who's your other guy that you got with? Hmm. I think you I think you gotta trust that Joe Burrow comes back bang in week two. Especially also like Deshaun Watson against such Steelers defense could could be a bit of a nightmare form, could make for a tough game. I think you gotta ride with uh with Joe Burrow here for, for week two. All I got right. a feeling he's he's gonna come back and have a big showing. I think he's gonna come in pissed off and ready to go. And he's gonna wanna just beat down this Baltimore team. That's not the case. I'll show up to your house and kill you. Um, All right, I'll 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 take that. Okay, fair enough. That's how confident uh, I am. <laughs> okay, so we got the Baltimore. So so for our for our PGO parlay, do we want to go? Do we want to try and do every Sunday game? 
Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because if, if one hits, hits here, like, we're, we're them. So. Colts and Texans are locked for me. Um, so off the bat, maybe we skip a few. I think the Bengals can come back. I think the Bengals have the potential to beat the Ravens. Yeah. I agree. Um, and the Bengals are coming in as the favorite. And like I said, I expect them to really have a strong, um, you know, showcase after that very poor week one performance by the whole team. So I do expect them to come out uh, just guns blazing and, and take this one. Is Kelsey back? It sounds like Kelsey will be back now for the for the Chiefs. Yeah. I almost want to skip the game because because the toxic yeah. part of me wants to go with the Jaguars, but I, I really can't. It's tough to bet against Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine. I'm fine just staying away from that one. All right. I'm taking the Lions against the Seahawks. I think the Lions come in week two. Yeah. Hot and ready to go. Um, Against the Bears, I got to give it to the Bucs. I think Baker is wanting to, to show he's back. The Bucs are the favorite going into that game, and I, uh, I think we got to ride with them. And to be honest, Justin Fields really didn't impress me that much week one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really on board with the Baker Bucks bandwagon. Um, I really do think he is going to be a good, a good quarterback for them for this year and hopefully the, the coming years after this one. So I'm, I'm very happy riding with the Bucks here. All right, Buccaneers, let's ride. Um, Bills Raiders Bills are the heavy favorite. Um, I guess you got to take them, but after last week, I, I I almost don't want to. Yeah, that one's tough. I I really do think that the Bills are going to come back and win this one. Um, I really don't see them starting off zero and two, and you know I think just some some unfavorable conditions and whatnot during the the Monday game. But I I really don't see them. Uh you know, losing week one and two, but I'm, I honestly would be okay with just not touching that one because I mean, you never know, like they, they could come out and, and play the way they did uh, the other night. And, and they, they realistically could lose to the Raiders, even though it looks like the bills are kind of the, they're the biggest favorite this week, actually. Oh no, the Cowboys over the jets are, which yeah, I'll, makes I'll sense that now one. that Rogers is out. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Wilson, as as much as we want to see him turn it around, I don't think he's going to be able to turn it around against that defense. Yeah. Um, no. That being said, I think you know you could see the Jets. The Jets defense looking is looking incredible. You know they did really take it to uh, Josh Allen. I know he had a weak performance, but you know you got to say he's how much of them. the yeah how much of the Jets had a strong performance defensively and. Dak is a guy that I think you can beat with a defense. Yeah. I'm, I'll stay away from that one as well. I'm taking the Chargers against the Titans. I think Herbert is wanting yeah. to get in the win column. I think they were so close last week. And I don't know. I think they have the pieces there. Uh, Packers-Falcons, that's Packers almost an even dog. money game. I know, but it's almost an even money Packers. game. So do I. I'm, uh, like, I I'm really gonna have like to... the Packers over the Falcons. All right, let's take the pack with this one. Green Bay, let's ride. I'm a cheesehead. You know me. Um, 49ers are a big favorite over the Rams. I don't know if they should be a big favorite. I think that might be a little much, but I, I definitely give them the favorite, and I'd, I'd be down to take 
the the 49ers on that one. I think Big Dick Brock is going to be coming back with a little bit of vengeance. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I completely agree. Giants-Cardinals, I kind of want to stay away from that game. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, They both suck. I, I like like I said, the Cardinals aren't good, but with the Giants, I'm just really unsure of how how they're gonna b- bounce back or how they're gonna come out and play after that week one. Like I feel like just morale's got to be so low after you know all all this off season, all this excitement going into the season. Uh, you know the the Monday night game, you you get to be the home team. You know Cowboys are or sorry the Sunday night game. We've got the Cowboys, you know, coming into into your building, and whatnot, and you just get stomped like that. Like it's tough to to come out and and look like a new team uh, week two. So yeah, I, I do think the watch. Giants. I think the Giants end up winning that one, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know the Cardinals' defense can cause a little bit of havoc and maybe um, sway the game in their favor because the offense it isn't going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. but I would probably just want to stay away from that one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Washington Broncos, uh, or Commanders Broncos, I should say. I'm gonna have to go with Broncos on this one. I think Russ will yeah, be able to cook. I Ru- think sh- yeah. All right, Russ, let's cook. Broncos Nation, let's ride. You said Russ, my ears just perked up. Oh, there you go. I knew they would. Our I kind of want to stay away from Jets Cowboys. Um, or I'd even, I would even take Jets plus nine. Um, no, I think Cowboys still win. I think Cowboys still win, but I don't think it's by nine. It, it's tough to say because I we just I don't know what we're gonna get from the Cowboys offense. I think a big I think a big part of it is they just weren't really able to establish themselves on the field as much and kind of just have those long drives. But I just I see that like Zach Wilson's life just hell from that Cowboys defense. Fair enough. Like, I could realistically see Zach Wilson getting picked off like between the between the duo of Gilmore and Diggs. Like I could see Zach Wilson getting picked off like four times and and still getting sacked like five times. Like I think he's in for a rough game. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I. Yeah, I don't know. We, we, what, what do you want to do for that one? Because there, there is arguments you can make for both sides. I've just got the Cowboys down, but if if you're confident in, in the Jets covering, I'll, I'll back you with it. Yeah. Depends what you're feeling. Skip it. Those skip six it. pack abs are telling telling us to skip. Skip it. All right. Um. Yeah, skip it. And then the the Dolphins Patriots. I think I I want to stay away from that one. Yeah, yeah, that's because too much I of think, a toss up. I, I think the X factor is the Patriots' defense. If if I they can the contain defense... that Dolphins defense, like I think the Patriots' offense is is going to do just fine. It's really can they contain the, the Dolphins' offense, specifically the two on Tyreek connection? Yeah. If they if can, they can minimize that, that, I think Patriots have a good chance. 100%. Uh, moving on to the Monday night games, uh, Saints-Panthers. 
I think I got to give it to the Saints. I think Card will just have that extra experience. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with the Panthers, like, yeah, they got Bryce Young, but, you know, if, if you brought Bryce Young in, say, if he was on the team last year and he came and had guys like McCaffrey and DJ Moore, I think it's a different situation there. But the fact he's coming in now and neither of them are there, um, you know, I just don't think he's got that much to work with yet. So I think it's going to be a struggle of a year for the Panthers. And, mm-hmm. you know, come next offseason, I think they're going to really work on kind of similar to what the the Bears did with Justin Fields. Once they, they had their quarterback established and whatnot and knew that, you know, that's the guy you're riding with now, then you can start, you know, working with him to bring in the pieces that best suit his game. Yeah, like Chase Claypool. So, yeah, exactly. Top top three uh, receiver in the league, as he says. Um, TikTok himself. Uh, okay, and then we got the Browns and the Steelers. I got to ride with the Browns on this one, personally. I think I really think this might be Deshaun Watson's year. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look great um, week one. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's just always so tough to be like, okay, you know, week one... Like it, a lot of things can change. Um, yeah, but I, but I do, I do think that it's only a matter of time before we really see Deshaun Watson, like boom, get back to that Deshaun Watson from the Texans that we know, mm-hmm. uh, not knowing love, just that we know that we know, we um, just know we don't love him. But, we know him, but like, it, it's got to happen eventually. Right. Like it, it's going to hit and it's just going to be like, boom, this is why the Browns gave up all those pieces for Deshaun Watson, why they were so quick to give up on Baker um, when Baker finally got into the playoffs and won a game even. Uh, I, I do think it's only a matter of time before Deshaun Watson just bursts through and it very well could happen. Um, and what better time against the Steelers Monday night? Like it's, it's kind of setting up for, for a big game for him. I feel like. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> So it's that between that we've got so we've got nine of the games picked here. I like that. So I'll run through them. We got the Bengals, Lions, Bucks, Chargers, Packers, 49ers, Broncos, Nation, Let's Ride, Saints, and Browns with a plus six eight five seven odds, six thousand eight hundred seventy fifty-seven odds. Um that's a that's a hefty parlay, my friend. It is very. Are you putting five bones on it? I'm I'm putting like two bones on it. I was going to put a bone. I don't know. Put a bone, one bone. Under 250. Just because it's so big. Like it's, and, and you know, that's what we love about PGO parlays. They're low risk, high reward. That's how we do it. Yeah. Go big or that's go home. Exactly baby. how we do it. All right. Two bones. That's going to win you about 137 bucks, uh, at least on my odds. And that bet has been placed, folks. Boom. No going back. No going back now. Um, Want to jump over to a little bit of UFC news, and then we can wrap it up with just a quick run through the CFL? Yeah, let's do it. So we, we won't get into the next fights yet, uh, but just a little recap on weeks past. Sean Strickland is your UFC champion. How do you feel about it? It's it's a surprise. I, I honestly really did kind of still see Adesanya um, 
winning that, but you know, even now kind of looking at what was it? He went 20, 21 and oh or something when he first came in. And now through his last seven fights, he's four and three. So, you know, we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a slowdown from him. Um, but I, I think it's always kind of exciting when you get a, a new champ come in and it's kind of a new breath of fresh air within uh, the division. Now it kind of leads to some new, new matchups that we've, we've been kind of waiting to see or hoping to see. So I, I, I think it's good. I, I'm always a fan of, of, you know, title changes and seeing um, what it brings to the division. So I'm all right with it. So barring, barring any immediate rematches that may mess this up, hopefully I imagine if they happen, they won't happen before the end of the year. Um, it is talked that Covington and Edwards will happen before the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it sounds like that's uh, probably it's going to be like a November or December one, I think. But it's kind of sounding like, again, not confirmed, but it's it kind of sounds like it's almost all but confirmed that 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 it will happen by the end of the year. So. Um, there's there a possibility. We didn't get to talk about it, but um, it happened back at the end of... O'Malley? Uh, no, the end of um, August, Max Holloway took on the Korean, the Korean zombie, zombie and uh, took the win there, and then the Korean zombie ended up uh, retiring. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you hear him walk out of the octagon after that? No. Oh, the whole crowd was singing "Zombie." Oh, really? In your head. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Zombie, zombie. Yeah, it was, oh man, I I almost brought a tear to my eye. Very beautiful moment. It's, why it's always tough the seeing, yeah, seeing kind of those guys that you you really like and you know, kind of fan favorites. Um, you know, walk away. It, it's always tough to see, but um, you kind of just got to look at it from a whole and and remember the good that that came from it, and remember all the good times, and not necessarily focus on on the end that it's, you know, the end, um, him retiring, you kind of got to still look at everything he brought to the UFC for, for the years he was in and, uh, be grateful that we, we got to be a part of, of that era. Yeah. We, we got to witness it for sure. Um, so there's a world we may be able to live in by the end of the year. Yeah. Where three champs in the UFC are Sean O'Malley. Sean Strickland and Colby Covington. Yeah, we're we're almost there. If we're, that we're happens, one fight away. US, ESPN would have to pull the deal. Yeah, you, you can't you can't televise those three. One of them's one of them's gonna end up saying the N word or something. Yeah. Probably Covington, honestly. It, it, probably Co- Covington. Covington is probably the the odds-on favorite to to do it. Yeah, I think Covington's the highest odds to say it. I think O'Malley is the highest odds to get away with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no. So, so I, I just want to briefly say that congrats to Sean Strickland. You are the UFC champ because I know he's an avid listener. Um, oh, yeah. I think we're having him on the show next week. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, that was. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into it maybe a little more. We'll do a uh, UFC 
um, episode coming up here, uh, maybe a midweeker, um, just to yeah, talk so about. Yeah, kind of dive in because we got a lot of like, you know, Little big stuff. fights that are already confirmed coming up. Um, do yeah. we want to just do we want to touch on the fights that are happening um, tomorrow here? Because like, obviously, when this one comes out, it'll be um, before these these fights, and we probably won't get a chance to touch on them before they happen. Uh, because I'm looking at here, there's a couple big fights coming up here tomorrow. Yeah, so that's the Shevchenko Grasso card, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that will be interesting to see. So it is a it is a fight night, not a pay per view card, and um, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, because all right, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll quickly brush over them. I only, so re- I only really notice like know the top three fights that are going on. I don't really know the rest, but like the top three are. are Look like they're pretty big, pretty big fights. So, yeah, I was gonna say there's one later on the card, but it got canceled. Um, yeah, so we're Rule Rosas Jr. Uh, this is gonna be interesting. I think he he showed his youth in his last fight. Yeah. He struggled. He showed he showed his youth. Um, and his inexperience. I think Kevin Holland coming in the co-main. He's always interesting. He's always entertaining. Um, he's in a weird position. Like, I don't know if he's going to be fighting for the belt anytime soon. Um, there's even talk he wants to leave Walter Waite, or there was after his last fight. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the UFC has, has prize fighter room in the roster. You know what I mean? You, You can't just be, unless you're Nate Diaz, unless you're a legacy guy. Um, yeah, you know, or you've had a belt, like I said, yeah, unless you're a legacy guy, like, I don't know if Kevin Holland, yeah, he's a fan favorite. Yeah. He has a name and he puts on good fights, but I don't, you know, it's tough. if he, if he wins another and then loses another, like, I don't, I don't know where he goes from there. Um, yeah, he's so kind of going to go on a tear, I'd say. Definitely. I think he needs to get back into the top uh top fifteen. Preferably the top ten. And maybe be a perennial top ten contender. That would be I think that would be the best way moving forward. Um Shevchenko Grasso, I think that's that's obviously the big one. I'm gonna quickly pull yeah. up the odds on this one. I think Shevchenko should still be the favorite. Yeah. I would assume so. Do you do you think anything of the Rosas Jr.? Do you think he's able to? Uh, do I think. He, I there? think. He, yeah, I think he comes out and, um, you know, kind of rebounds from his last fight. I, I, I do, I do think he wins. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's really kind of, you know, if he still wants to kind of build on that, uh, that start and that momentum he first had when he first came in, he's got a you know, rebound with a win and show there was just kind of a one-off there, that loss, and that he can, you know, compete with, you know, whoever he steps in there with. And it's kind of got to start right now because, you know, once you kind of start getting on a losing streak, it's tough to try and um, build that momentum and that confidence back up, regardless of of what age you're at. A hundred percent. Yeah, so, so Shevchenko is still the favorite, not by insane odds, though. But uh, I think you got to give it to her. I think you got to get. How old is she? Do we know how old she is? Um, thirty-five. 
Eight? Well, she's getting up there. Yeah. How old is Grosso? Uh, 30. So five, five years difference between the two. And that's, we're talking five MMA years here. Yeah. Those years are not friendly. Those are not quarterback years, my friend. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, that, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I threw, I, I put, uh, so interesting story going into this. Kevin Holland is a slight underdog going into this fight. Okay. Uh, and I tied him together with Shevchenko as a bit of a PGO parlay there. If you want to play along with us, we got ha- uh, Holland and Shevchenko. So, um, yeah, that's your, that's your PGO parlay going into it. What might be tough to see is they might start using Kevin Holland as a stepping stone. Like, they might start giving him their prospects to earn a name off of. I could see that, yeah. Um, also, just briefly in the UFC news, someone that beat Holland, uh, Derek Brunson, has been cut from the UFC roster, so that's sad to see him go. Which is, is interesting, because I was just looking at... Um... The, I was just kind of scrolling around for fun, just looking, and he was scheduled um, in the November pay-per-view, uh, UFC 295. He was um, he had a fight scheduled for then, so on, on, the, on the main card, so it's kind of interesting now that he's um, no longer there, so it's kind of interesting to see kind of maybe what, what happened there. Um, you know, was it a mutual decision? Was it UFC's decision? Was it his? Like, it's it'll be interesting to see kind of what the reasoning is behind that. Because I don't think we've really gotten a clear, clear reason as to what, 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 why um, this has happened. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if he goes off to Bellator and uh, and goes on a bit of a tear there, as we've seen some past UFC guys do, or even the PFL. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting because I mean he is he is thirty nine, so like he is, you know he's he's up in in that that older um section of fighters, but yeah, it's um, gonna be an interesting one. Okay, hold um, on, hold on, hold on, because there's hold on, holding. I'm just I'm looking him up on Twitter slash X here just because I want to confirm. I don't know if this is. If this is real or. Okay. So. Um, so this came out. So this was from uh, 2020. This was about actually almost exactly like two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It was a news article saying that Derek Brunson is willing to take a tune-up fight against Jake Paul. Otherwise, he'll wait for Adesanya versus Whitaker winner. And then, this was two years ago, Jake Paul replied to this, saying, Dana admitted this morning that I would destroy 170-pound Masvidal. So Dana will give Brunson permission to make some real money? Dana? Question mark. And so then, yesterday, after the news came out about Derek Brunson, he took a screenshot of this whole thing, reposted it, and just in all caps, just put Jake, 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 and then at Jake Paul. So maybe we're, we might start to see a, something build between maybe a potential Jake Paul, Derek Brunson I fight. Don't I, see I don't that. know. I don't want to fucking see that. It's kind of looking like that's what he's, uh, 
Yuck. I don't want to see him fight another wrestler. I want to see him fight a fucking boxer for once. What? Yucky. He also he also tweeted out two uh, days ago. I tried to fight Edwards versus Covington on US five on my PS five, and my whole console caught on fire. Can't make that match anywhere. And he was biting the hand that fed him. Dude, Derek Brunson's kind of cooking on Twitter slash X. <laughs> Dude, Derek, I, I do like Derek Brunson. He's a good guy. I got no beef with him. He just he never he never was able to pull enough wins together. Um, yeah, no. All right, do we want to quickly jump into a little CFL uh, to wrap off this episode? We've been going for about an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up some quick CFL stuff here. Yeah, real quick before we hop into the CFL, uh, this episode is brought to you by W Energy. The yeah jitter-free energy formula that gives you the energy you need without the crash that you don't. Uh, W's been partnered with PGO for a while here, and we are very happy about that. If you want some W to try out for yourself, be sure to head over to their website by clicking the link in our bio so they know that we sent you. And you can use three simple letters at the checkout to get yourself 10% off your entire order. So that is W Energy D U B B Y, and the three letters you need to know are P G O. That's right, P G O. Name of our podcast gets you ten percent off the order if you click the link in our bio, and you can find those bios anywhere on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at P G O Show, on X, not Twitter, X <laughs> at P G Overtime. And on YouTube at Post Game Overtime, Post Game One Word. Click the link in the bio, and it'll take you to any of those ones you need. See you there. And drink Dubby. Drink Dubby, folks. Boom. Stumbled um, a bit, but that was, wasn't the cleanest, but that was still clean. It was still um, good. Brandon, take us away. What are we looking at for the TFL head. this week? Um, so kind of an early um segue into the clown report. Um. I was really high and I know I, I went and did like, I went pretty hard on it last week. Um, being like, you know, if you're, you're kind of trying to get into some more football, um, while the NFL, you know, ha- uh, hadn't started yet, or, you know, if you're just trying to learn more about the CFL, I was like, there's no better week than now, you know, coming off the Labor Day weekend, you got some banging matchups, most notably, um, the rematch between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then the Edmonton Elks and the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders, they won the Labor Day game. Um, you were at that game. Very close game. Dog fight to the end. Yeah. Very similar now. Um, you know, they went up to Edmonton just a little bit north for that game. The Edmonton Elks did pull out the win there, 25-23. So again, you know, a, a very, very um, close game between the two. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you know, they they stole that Labor Day game in Saskatchewan, taking down Winnipeg. And Winnipeg made them hurt all over the following week, um, stomping the Riders into the ground by a score of 51 to 6. Um, that being said, 51 to 6, the game was already over after the first half with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers being up 42 to 6. They, they kind of let their foot off the gas in the second half and just kind of um, slowly marched their way to victory there. So that's a, that's a rough game for the Riders. Um, I really hope they they can bounce back week 15. They, they've got the best possible opponent 
to do it against that being the Edmonton Elks, who, you know, have started to heat up a little bit lately. Um, but I think if the Riders come in and play half as good as they did against the Blue Bombers, I think they should be able to take that win. Um, that game is actually taking place tonight in in Saskatchewan, I believe. Yeah, in Saskatchewan. So they will have home home field advantage again, um, which has proved to be very valuable for them. Uh, the other game taking place tonight, the first game, is uh, not really much of an exciting one unless you're a fan of either of these two teams. Uh, but it is the Toronto Argonauts taking on the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Montreal is a good team, but I mean, Toronto's been been a force all season long. Um, they really haven't showed any signs of of slowing up or or letting injuries get to them. So I do expect. Um, between tonight's games to be an easy cruise for uh, at least an easy cruise for Toronto. And I do expect the riders to win if they can, you know, really come out pissed off after last week um, and, and make the, the Elks their bitches. So uh, that's kind of what I'm feeling for, for the two games tonight. Um, but realistically, it also could end up being a, a Toronto Edmonton um, dominance tonight. And then the Saturday games, these this like these ones aren't much. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, you know these two teams had some some good battles in the Great Cups um, over the last couple years. I really still see Winnipeg taking this one. I I don't see Hamilton. Um, I could see Hamilton maybe hanging around a little bit in this game, but I I don't see them getting that edge to beat Winnipeg, especially. You know, the way Winnipeg has been playing as of late. And then same can be said for the BC Lions uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks. You know, you can make the argument that BC um, is the best team in, in the West when healthy. Ottawa is the worst team in the East, so I don't expect any surprises between those games. So uh, my, my picks would be going with um, the Toronto Argonauts, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then the BC Lions would be my picks for week 15 here because we're getting close to the... Actually, not really, I guess. The CFL goes 21 weeks, so we still got a little bit of more time. Season goes till the end of October to kind of have the playoffs all take place throughout November. Um, But yeah, this this week, really not... No no juggernauts kind of going head-to-head in in battle like... uh, like we saw, you know, in, in the last couple weeks, but I think still, regardless, I think they should be good football games. I think the only one that probably won't be that close of a game um, will be the BC Ottawa game. Um, but I mean, hey, when that game is on, that's also when uh, UFC Fight Night is going to be taking place. So if you don't really want to watch Ottawa get stomped on, you can go watch some banging fights instead. All right, so recap that parlay one more time. Uh, so Toronto over Montreal, Saskatchewan over Edmonton, Winnipeg over Hamilton, and BC over Ottawa. I I don't have the odds pulled up here, but I'm assuming just by that, that's probably picking all four favorites. Yeah, so it's about a plus um, 266 odds. Five bones will get you about $13. So that is an unlucky number, which gives me chills down my spine, but we're going to ride with it anyways. Because you know ride. what they say, PGO, let's ride. Yeah.
We're cooking. We're cooking with gas, baby. Um, also, actually, um, just before we hop into some clown news here, um, it's also, um, again, just because, you know, a big part of, um, I think what we kind of talk about, what we want to do is we want to, you know, kind of get more into CFL. Um, for those listening that aren't familiar with the CFL, we kind of want to get you guys more more into it. If, um, you know, if football is your thing, you want more than just uh, the bang in action that you get out of the the NFL and the XFL, go see Dragons. Um, so with, with the CFL, it's, uh, it's a three-team um, East and West playoff format. Um, that being the top team in the East and West, both do get a bye. However, there is the potential for a crossover. That being where if the fourth seeded team in either division has a better record or if the same record, the tiebreaker against um, the team in third place in that division, they will actually cross over to that other division, making it a long trip for the playoffs, but they're in the playoffs nonetheless. With that being said, at this point in the season, I think, I mean, it's really Winnipeg and BC are locked in mm-hmm. over there in the West. Um, Toronto's locked in that number one spot in the East pretty easily, I would say. And, you know, Saskatchewan's kind of got a bit of a gap over Calgary right now. Um, not only having two games um, advantage, they have two more wins in Calgary. They do also have one game in hand that will be settled up this week. So if they get that win over Edmonton, that does put them three wins above Calgary. So that that kind of seals that gap between them. Um, however, I do believe they have a couple more games against each other. Um, so that could that could change between those. But Calgary is currently only um, one win, two points behind Hamilton, who is holding on to that third spot in the East. So there is a very realistic chance that the Calgary Stampeders could make the playoffs um, through the East. They could come in into that third spot in the East and take on uh, Montreal. Mm. And then if they find a way to win that, then they would take on Toronto. So there is still chance um, pretty much like even week 15, like any team risky could still go on a run and make the playoffs. And so there is that, you know, extra little bit of hope for, you know, Stamps fans, uh, maybe even Riders fans, if, you know, Calgary goes on a bit of a run that one of those teams could um, hop over to the East and try and cause some chaos over there. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. One we'll want to watch closely. Yep. All right, I like that Um, that little, we should do that, a weekly, a weekly CFL info tidbit. Yeah, just a little fun facts or anything, just... Any, yeah, uh, any there's a lot of fun stuff within the CFL. Um, the more you watch it, because it is there is a lot of different things from, uh, from the NFL. So, I'm actually I'm looking to get some stamp season tickets for next year. Are you? You know what? They're not too expensive. Like if you if you if you don't get a premium spot, yeah, you can get them for pretty cheap. Yeah, actually, you 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 definitely can. So that's never a never a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm actually quite quite intently looking into it. Not gonna lie. Um, all right, any clown news to wrap up the uh, this week? Any clown news? Um, I do I do know I have at least one. I'm just going to double check if right, while you're checking, I can start us off. 
Yeah, yeah, if you've got one, by all means. Um, all right, I got a few off the jump. Uh, number one, the PGO team for losing both of our parlays last week on the first game. That's both our rugby and our NFL parlay. We put together two juicy ones, and they got busted in the first game. That's right, folks. The first game ended our parlay chances for those weeks. So we're hoping to do a little better. Um, the second clown of the week here, I got to get his exact name. Um, we, we teased it earlier in the episode, but I'm going to talk about it one more time just for this fucking hell of it. Um, the Panthers, Panthers tight end, Mr. Hayden Hurst, Panthers tight end Hayden Hurst whipping their rookie quarterbacks first ever. Bryce Young's first ever NFL touchdown donated to the crowd. And I said it before, folks, I'll say it again. This is why you don't let white guys score in the NFL because they get too excited and they just don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to react. Yep. They don't know how to react. Um, Two UFC fighters, I forget their exact names, uh, two UFC fighters from the last card. They're also on my clown report for using... A, uh, a homophobic slur in their post-fight octagon interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget their yeah, exact name. Two of two of them, not just one. Two of them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was back to back. Like it, it wasn't a not a good look. Um, I really haven't heard anything of any action being taken or happening um, for that. But yeah, it's yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's weird. It's it was weird. Not we're not used to that on on live TV like that. D- DC was having a rough night holding the microphone, to say the least. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, who's your clown? Um, so it's I, it's not necessarily this guy. I think it's it the way that it's being blown up. They're trying to make him be like a clown, but I'm more more so I think defending um, this guy that's being made out to be a clown. Um, but that is, um, you know, we know we, he's had issues in the past. Um, the return of Mike Babcock in into the NHL, you know, he was probably the highest prestige coach in the league at one point. Um, he finally gets to go to that big market in Toronto. Um, that stuff came out about, you know, what he was he was doing and making, you know, rookie players rank, you know, other players and whatnot. Um, so he's now with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And part of him, you know, coming into Columbus, um, you know, he's, he's not familiar with any of the players. So we kind of did a, a sit down with players where um, straight to the point, basically, he asked players to show him on their phones, like pictures of, of them and their families. Why? Why? And so people are blowing out and the way and so a, f- a few of the Blue Jackets, higher end players, notably. Um, their captain Boone Jenner and then Johnny Goudreau, both have have you know come out and said this is being made out way worse than it is. It was a simple, you know, the coach kind of wants to get to know us, know about us, our families. Like he wants to build those personal relationships, and so those two guys who are kind of seen as the two big leaders on the team, um, you know, both said that you know if if they felt uncomfortable with it, they would tell him no. 
but they really didn't see any bad intentions behind it. They saw it as really just connecting with their coach. And they even said that Babcock um, like showed them photos of his family so they could kind of get to know him a little bit better as well. But like it's been causing quite a stir. There's an investigation going on about what? it. Um, so it's blown into this this whole big thing now where, you know, coming from some of the Blue Jackets players themselves, it was a harmless kind of, you know, they, the coach gets to know his players, the players get to know their coach, and it's blown up into this whole uh, whole big thing now. So um, I, I, I don't want to say that I don't want to say that Mike Babcock's a clown here because I do think it was harmless intentions. Um but nonetheless, I think the situation as a whole is being put on the clown report because it's just like, again, it's just like, damn, dude, like you were kind of exiled from the league almost. You finally get your chance to come back in and it, like training camp hasn't even really started yet. And you're already back in, in the news in a bad way. So it, he's having a tough time getting out of his own way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from this situation moving forward? Um, you know, did, does the league find something that maybe we're not getting the full, the -hmm. full story of, or maybe it really is just something harmless and it's just being blown out, um, into something that, that really doesn't need to be. So that, that's kind of something to to keep an eye on. All right. I like it. I like it. That's a good clown report. I, I think, so we're calling out the media as the clowns for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, actually, this it's it's not clown news because these are two of our our favorite guys. Um, we have kind of talked about them before, including their their families, not in a bad way. Um, but just some NHL news: both Nick and Brett Ritchie have signed PTO deals. Um, Nick Ritchie with the St. Louis Blues and Brett Ritchie with the Panthers. So the the Richie brothers might might get back into the league and maybe we can finally get that uh that installment we've been asking for of the Richie Wise. Richie so. Wise, I'm I'm here for also it. That, also that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we capped off the episode with that. Any final messages before we get out of here? Um no, not really. All I can say is is drink Dubby. Um, enjoy some fantastic sports this weekend. Really, all I gotta say. I'm hoping yeah. that Kyler Murray is doing well. Um, wherever he's listening right now, um, because we hey, know he's Kyler. listening. I really do hope that he returns soon and healthy. Kyler, push that team. They're 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 reviving right now. Push that team <laughs> for the go for the victory royale. You can do it, buddy. You can do it. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and we'll see you next week.